Welcome to Simple Truth Love, a place where we talk about self-leadership, self-care, and self-love. With the hope that our self-help conversations might inspire you to look at fundamental well-being practices. Here, we'll dissect powerful words and explore how those words can enable or disable us from being our best selves. And contemplate things together that make us be the best we can be. Welcome to season two. We are so excited that this season we are going to be introducing guests on our podcast. I'm Cindy Bradshaw. And I'm Rochelle Doyle. Today, we are going to connect with Carrie Chickering. Carrie is a wife, mother to two amazing kids, a friend, a business partner, a yogi, and a writer. Her days are a whirlwind of keeping different plates spinning. Carrie and her husband own and operate a construction company, and she's also in the process of writing a novel that she hopes to complete this year. Wow. I'm so excited to have Carrie here today. What I really appreciate about getting to know Carrie is that we've been doing book clubs for the last two years, and she's been super devoted to doing whatever it takes to really be the best she can be and work on herself. And I really appreciate that. It's a great embodiment of self-leadership, self-love, and self-care. And today we are going to be talking about perspective, which is defined as a particular attitude towards or way of regarding something, a point of view. Carrie, you chose the word perspective. Yes. And what made you choose perspective? I've been finding that when I slow down and try to see a situation or a person or a relationship from multiple angles gaining me perspective. I can be more compassionate, more understanding, and I'm able to find grace for myself and others more easily. That makes a lot of sense. I think that learning from 2021 and going into 2022, we need a new perspective, especially with everything that's happening in the world. We have some questions to help us gain perspective on this last year. Cindy, do you want to start with the first question? Yeah. So our first question today is, what is a challenge you overcame this year and how will that influence your future? A major challenge I have has been the way I handle conflict and confrontation. Ooh. Yeah. It's a good one. Over the year, I was able to learn how to, and maybe it's a skill that I was developing to sit with really uncomfortable situations and negative emotions and just focus on my breathing and staying calm and reacting with intentional words and just staying in charge of myself. When the fight or flight kicks in, I neither fought nor flew. (laughs) (laughs) So what was the one thing that you did differently this year that changed that for you? Like if you could pick one thing. Oh, we spent a lot of time with our teenage nephew. And so I was thrust into those situations where I normally wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. I was not accustomed to frequent contentious interactions. Nothing like jumping (laughs) right in, right? The deep end of the pool. (laughs) Yeah. And so I learned how to deal with that because normally growing up in a situation like that, I would just fade into the background or like turn myself into a shield. And it's like none of these Mm -hmm. learned responses apply to what I need to do. Mm. You know, we were raised to be silent as kids, to not speak up, to not talk back. And I think that's a part of the narrative that we still hold today. We don't 
face conflict in a healthy way because of that. And that doesn't serve an adult, any adult, really. Mm -mm. Especially with him, he was never coached on how to have peaceful conflicts successfully and learn how to get through that, which is something to start early, right, Cindy? Mm -hmm. To teach your kids how to, without yelling or screaming or getting upset or brooding, it's like, this is what you need to say. It's okay to say it and say it respectfully. Well, it sounds like too that you've gained perspective because you're coming from a place of empathy mm -hmm. in understanding people only have the ability to react out of the cards that they've been dealt. So I may not have the ability to face conflict in a healthy way because I've never been taught. How do you think it works with adults? Carrie, because what you said earlier that you normally wouldn't engage, but you had to in these situations, I think is a huge learning opportunity. It's like, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Like if you have to, if you're forced to be in that situation, you have to learn to step up in a new way. So it sounds like to me that part of what you're saying is that you were kind of forced into having to step up because this person didn't have the capacity to do so and you needed to be the adult in the situation. And so you learned a lot about dealing with conflict as an adult through that interaction, yes. which is really cool. Especially in a situation where you can't control the other person. You can only control yourself and how you react and try to keep the tone of the interaction and the conflict down because the second it escalates, you're not making any more progress. Definitely. So what about you, Rochelle? What challenge did you overcome this year that would influence your future self? It's funny because I answered these questions twice. I answered them one time and then I tried to re-answer today and see if my answers changed. And this was the exact same. And it was learning how to be single again. There's things that are annoying about not being in a partnership with somebody, traveling and teamwork in a house. But then there's something so freeing and fun about having absolute control over whatever it is that you want to do in your life. And then learning how to travel by myself. I went on this great trip through Carmel and stayed at the monastery and just was. I'm realizing that I'm so grateful for the people that are in my life that are super supportive. And I didn't realize that that was something that I was missing before that I need going forward, people that are going to gas me up. Not everyone needs someone who's like, you're doing great, little buddy, keep going, you can do it, push along. But I have that now. So yeah, learning how to be single again, and really finding the joy in it. It's really embracing yourself and having that self love. You can only count on you and you're just really like embracing that. And it sounds very freeing. It feels freeing. It feels like I have a new perspective. It seems like you also are quick to embrace adventure when so many of us would be like, well, I don't have anyone to go with. But you just say yes. And you go and I feel like your life is richer and fuller because of it. So Cindy, what's a challenge you overcame this year that'll influence your future? My word for the year was launched and I worked on my book and started the podcast with Rochelle and created a new work situation for myself, I realized that sometimes you just have to get up and do 
things that you want to do and not put them off until the time is perfect or, you know, until my kids graduate from college or until this, until that. You have to just kind of go for things. And so there's never quite the right time to do anything, but forward motion is the key. So I'm definitely taking that into my future. Yeah. I love how much energy your word has and how it can really propel you into reaching for your goals. Well, and I really contemplated my word for 2022 in that way and looking at the word as where do I want the year to end? Ooh. So last year I launched things and I got a little stuck at times with finishing what I've launched, which wasn't the point. The point was launching something. Now, maybe this year I want to have my word be I've arrived or something (laughs) like that or landed but it's a different gesture, right? So I launched things into the world. But at the end of this year, I did do what I set out to do. So that's kind of how I'm coming up, picking my word for 2022. I love that. And I also think it's such a healthy way to think like, well, where do I want to end up at the end? So start with your goal and then backtrack to where it is, what you need to do in order to achieve that goal. Carrie, the next question, what did you learn about yourself this year that has changed you? Ah, I've learned that I can endure things with a measure of grace. In so many situations, we can't control what it is that we're going through, but we can control how we handle it and process it. And we can choose which path we move forward in our reaction. Super important to keep in mind that You never know what direction it's going to go and you don't have control over it. So you have to endure it to the best of your abilities. Yeah. Cindy, how about you? What'd you learn about yourself? What I learned about myself in writing a book was a very interesting process for me because it was really, in some ways, my first like solo expedition, right? Like I was doing this completely on my own. And I am such a collaborative worker and also a people pleaser. So I'm super motivated by other people and ideas. And that was such a challenge for me. But it really taught me that I need to put myself first. This was an example of I still wanted to work over writing my book, even though I didn't have to because I've created a new situation where I don't have to work as many hours. But I still found myself preferring to do work for my job over writing my book. Mm -hmm. So it really taught me the importance of taking care of you before you do anything else. For all of us, that's an ongoing life lesson of, am I showing up for myself at all? And we've said it a million times, you don't serve anybody well by giving from an empty tank. But because of society, because of this, that and the other, because of all these internalized perceptions of what it is that we think we're supposed to be, we consistently put ourselves last. But then how much better are you when you give yourself at least a little bit of space to fulfill your needs first? It's the classic oxygen mask, right? Yes, for sure. You have to put it on yourself before you can help anyone else with theirs. And it was just such a weird shift for me in thinking you know, to really look myself kind of in the eye and say, why are you not writing your book right now? Like that should be of primary importance to you because that's your dream and your goal. Mm. So why are you filling your time with all these other things? So I really had to reflect on that. And I think the most important piece is that I'm not used to taking care of myself first. Mm -hmm. What about you, Rochelle? 
what I learned about myself this year is that that I'm awesome. <laughs> True. I learned that I like myself. I really attribute that to some of the work that we've done together in our book club. I like who I am. Again, going back to who you keep in your life, I had sort of internalized that I'm not good at, well, let me tell you the truth. I am not a house cleaner at all. (laughs) And I would focus on the things that I wasn't good at as the parts of my personality that were the most important. And I've really been working on breaking up with that and recognizing that I'm not good at making homemade pie crusts, but I can buy the best one out there. and, And I will use that to make a tasty dish. Why do you think that we feel like we have to conquer making the pie crust if it's not what we want to do? Do you realize that? (laughs) (laughs) Because one person says it, you know, and it's the neighbor that is like, you don't homemade your pie crust. And I'm like, no, I don't (laughs) make my pie crust. Mind you, this person never worked and was at home for large chunks of the day and had space to make a pie crust. And I'm sitting over here getting my degree and going to work. So maybe I don't need to make the pie crust. But (laughs) shout out to DeForest Puff Pastry. They they can go ahead and give me space to have chicken pot pie semi-homemade anytime. It sounds like your perceived shortcomings are just gender norms and stereotypes that have been like thrown at you your whole life. Yeah. It's so important to be questioning why you're not okay with making your own pie crust or like you can be really great at school and your job and you make enough money that you can have someone clean your house because you're not good at that, right? Like that's okay. Yeah. Being kind to yourself about what your shortcomings are and what you're good at and aligning yourself more with those things. The thing that I want to work more towards in the future is being unapologetic about my shortcomings, right? And just saying, yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) I think we should stop calling them shortcomings. Ooh, They're not. They're just who you are. And that's being kind to yourself. That's such a good perspective, Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. Because there's this almost like, well, I cannot make, I cannot, I physically cannot make puff pastry. I can't make my own pie crust. Yes, I could. If I wanted to, I could take the time to develop the skill. I've made a conscious choice to not do that. I am, however, reading three books or, you know, I'm making other decisions for space in my life. So you're right. It's not a shortcoming. It's a choice about who it is that I want to be. Well, and you're going to feel better in life if you do the things that are in alignment with who you are as a person versus doing all these things that you, I mean, how many things in life do we do that we really hate to do, but we have to do them. And there is an aspect of that. And I'm not saying that you don't ever do anything that you don't like to do because that's not realistic in life. But can you be creative? Mm -hmm. Have you done anything to create self-care, self-leadership and self-love in your life this year? And how will that influence next year? My better habits, the habits of my best self. I've worked on developing some of them this year and it was developing a regular yoga practice, reading, and eliminating caffeine from my diet. Are you still doing that? I have been cheating a little over the two-week break with just like a cup of tea. or But mostly it's decaf and I'm far less anxious. Like I stopped having chest pains. That's amazing. I'm so impressed. 
<laughs> I sleep better. I'm less likely to want to have a glass of wine in the evening because I never, like my day was far less anxious. So I didn't have... Interesting. Yeah. And that gritty feeling. And then you want to wind down at the end of the day. It's a far more even mindset. Oh, my physical state isn't affecting my emotional state as much. And that's been huge for me. That's amazing to change like one thing in your life that has such a huge impact and just sticking with it and recognizing how it's changed you. Mm -hmm. I switched to decaf, which I understand has a very small amount of caffeine still, but I was able to keep my ritual around it because I enjoy having my cup of coffee in the morning when I wake up. And so I've pushed back my wake up time. And so I'm reading. It's like my me time. Nice. Like everything I'm noticing for my self care is just carving out space for myself. Mm -hmm. What about you, Cindy? I switched around my schedule at work to have a more flexible, reduced hour work life so that I can create more alignment with the goals and things that I'm passionate about. Now, and I said this earlier, I need to shift it a little bit to be less focused still on that and more focused on me this year. Because although that was a step in the right direction, it really made me realize how much I was still attached to that busyness of work, like a negative addiction almost. Mm -hmm. This year, I want to come at it from a whole other perspective of What do I need to get done today? And then when I have time, I will do the work for somebody else and be able to carve out that space. Like flip your priority. It definitely needs to flip. And when you go to part-time or 20 hours, it's like you have these other hours, but it's easy to fill them up with talking to people about work or doing something that is not getting you to your end goal. I want to really spend this year taking some time to see where do I want to go in 2022? And is everything that I'm doing in alignment with that or not? Just building more intentionality into what it is that you're manifesting. Yes. Do you have a plan for check-ins? I think through like doing journaling every morning, I check in, but it would be good to do more like accountability check-in where you have talked to people about what you're trying to do and they can ask you questions. Sometimes you're not honest with yourself. So it's nice when you have an accountability group. Mm -hmm. I'll set like my intentions for the new year and then I let them slip into the, into the darkness, (laughs) the shadows. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I have a bunch of those. We all do. So what about you, Rochelle? So, There's all these little things that I've done, little habits that I've built in. But the one thing that has really increased my self-care, my self-leadership, and my self-love is therapy. Um, Finding a good therapist that connects with me and understands who I am and doesn't try to transform me or make me be a different version of myself, but really just wants me to be my highest self and recognizes that. And in the same way, gasses me up in conversations and is like, no, you're doing great things. So therapy has been hugely helpful for me, especially during the pandemic and is something that wasn't normalized in my childhood. Therapy was something that I was taught that crazy people did. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe I've just embraced being one of the crazies, but it's such a healthy practice. If you have someone that is a great champion for your best mental health, I've been really intentional about finding someone who has the same values and priorities as I do. I tried trying to learn from someone who didn't have the same values and priorities as I did. And there was always a disconnect of what I was trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like I was trying to perform for somebody else, but finding someone who had a lot of shared common ground with, gosh, it's been fantastic. The priorities for me were that it was a black female and somebody who shared the same faith as I did. Because I think if somebody has those core values, then we're kind of coming at things from a similar perspective. And it's not to say that that's necessary for everyone, right? But it's really helped me to open up myself too, because I'm walking in thinking, okay, you have this shared understanding of how I face the world in a lot of ways and how the world sees me in a lot of ways. So I can trust you immediately with some of the things that Mm -hmm. let's say that my therapist was an older white male. He wouldn't have the same understanding. I mean, he might have empathy, but he doesn't have that same shared reality. Mm -hmm. But having that has been really phenomenal for me. And I'm sorry that it took me so long to do it because, man, this lady's bomb. Also, working out, and I say this as I am in the circling the drain on December 31st, region of life, but I was working out over the summer and got my little summer body and was feeling confident in a swimsuit. And it's not that I am a supermodel by any means, but I'm my best self. Mm-hmm. And that's all that I can be. And working out helped me to feel confident in that. I need to get back up on them squats and lunges. I think that's such an important reminder that we're all our best selves when we're healthy and we don't look like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Your healthy is different than my healthy is different than Carrie's healthy, but you have to be the best version of you that you can be. And it's so hard in this world of, you know, marketing images and all this stuff that's coming at us all the time to feel inferior. But if you feel good and healthy, then that's really what's important. Exactly. Rochelle, when you were talking about the therapist and all the things that the therapist has brought into your life in conjunction with that, having a group of accountability partners too. Because the things that you mentioned with your therapist, I feel like our book club does that for me as well. Mm -hmm. And to have a one-on-one dynamic with a therapist and have a group dynamic with trusted friends is just the full package. Yeah. And the crossover too, because I think the last book that we read was the recommendation of my therapist. Yes. So it's building this bridge of strong women. Mm -hmm. And at work. I just find it funny that I have no shame now in having a conversation with whoever and saying, well, my therapist said, (laughs) (laughs) you go, you'd be proud of that. (laughs) So how do you think that your practices to increase your self-care, self-leadership and self-love are going to influence your next year? Carrie, how about you? Focusing and developing good, healthy habits that kind of pave the way for better habits healthier habits and you're able to build upon it and it allows for the habits that I'm working on. They allow for more space and self-reflection and quiet time where you can be with your thoughts. So there's this saying, always remember 
when you were praying for the things you have now. Ah, mm-hmm. I think that it's related that when you start to build in healthy habits, often we don't take the time to reflect at the end of the year, all of the little baby steps that you've done to build. So you keep building and building and building, but sometimes change looks so small and incremental that you're not able to fully recognize you did cut out caffeine this year. Mm-hmm. And then that next year, that's going to pave the way for new things and new opportunities. Like you said, you don't need wine as much because you're not on edge and shaking all the time. Pausing and really taking a moment to just see what you've done, I think helps to create space for more habits. Cindy, you're really diligent with your journal, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something... I'm not very good about journaling, but I think that's something that probably is easy or more accessible for you to go back and look at what your goals were Mm -hmm. because they're clearly defined. It's almost like your thoughts become tangible. Definitely. And there's another quote. It's all about like the small things lead to the big things, right? You try one little micro step in the right direction and it changes. Okay, now I don't need wine as much. And then maybe this year you're like, I don't need the wine at all. I'm going to replace wine with a yoga class. One little step goes, and you don't have to do that. But when <laughs> you don't have to take away, you know, everything that you love. But one thing leads to the other. And I think what you're saying is really, really important. Take those good things from the year previous, as small as they may be, and see how you can add a little something to it. There's this idea in our world that change has to be like, I'm quitting my job tomorrow and I'm moving to Bali or, you know, it doesn't have to be big things. It can be little things that just you reflect back and you say, I feel better now that I'm not drinking caffeine. I'm sleeping better. I have all these benefits, right? And it's one little micro step. In a real life example of that too, I started going to therapy and therapy helped me to face that my relationship wasn't serving me. Yeah. Rather than to stay stuck in something that wasn't serving either individual. That led to the dissolving of a relationship, which led to a healthier me. But the first step was having the courage to talk to my therapist about it or to call the therapist and say, can you help? I never thought that that would take me to Carmel on the beach, walking through by myself, journaling. But that's where it ended up. Yeah, being open, I think, because the caffeine, that wasn't on my list of things that I wanted to do for the new year. Like the yoga definitely was. Like after the kids went back to school, I would have childcare so I could go in the morning. But for me, the caffeine was something I just sort of said yes to. It came up. I have a friend and she needed support. She wanted to do a hormone reset. Mm -hmm. So she enlisted a bunch of gals and we did the 21 day hormone reset. And I was loud. I was adamant that I was not going to cut out caffeine. I was all, that's ridiculous. I'm not doing it. I love my coffee. And then she's like, okay, no pressure there. You just do what you're comfortable with. And reading the book and the gal who wrote it, she's a doctor. I think she's even a gynecologist. So she's like specializes in women and women's issues. And she was talking about how, you know, caffeine it raises your adrenal state and makes you more susceptible to stress. And I was like, fine, I'll do half calf, right? I'll play ball. I will not be such a stick. And so I went to half calf and I was like, well, actually I haven't had any just this week. I was sleeping a little better. 
And so I just switched to decaf all the way. And it was such a really gradual change that my husband didn't even notice that we weren't drinking caffeine for a while. <laughs> He's like, this is great. My hands aren't shaking anymore. Because <laughs> like, oh. you're not drinking caffeine. <laughs> He's been really happy with the change. I'll like sprinkle in a few regular beans with the decaf if we're up a little too late and he'll notice. He'll be like, oh, I feel kind of bad. Did you put any caffeine in that? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> don't trust it. But it was something I wasn't planning on. And I think it reminds me with the success of that, just to say yes to experiences as they come. Yeah, change is hard, but necessary. And you'll only know if you make a little change, right? Mm. I love something it. can be different. Right. So we've covered a lot of ground. What are some of the takeaways? What are some of the things that we want to take into next year? Every day is an opportunity to build upon the work that you've already done and set yourself up to tackle the work you want to do. I think also we've kind of talked about having your mission, finding your value and using that as your guiding star. Whatever it is that you want to achieve, stay focused on that. What are your values and are you in alignment with your values and everything that you're doing? Because I do so many things on a daily basis that I'm like, why is that so important to me? And why am I doing it? I have no idea because somebody asked me to. And I have a value that I like to feel needed. Mm -hmm. So it fulfills me in that way. But I can do other things that are going to make me feel needed that are more in alignment with my goals and dreams for the future. Cindy, yes, I do that too. I think that's you just brought up that there's you have your identified values Mm -hmm. that you're that are like your goals and then you have these underlying values like helping the other person because like to feel needed or helpful or just because they asked you it's like they don't probably don't even need you what's interesting about this is that there's a way that i do this through philanthropy i wonder if there's a way to channel that same kind of energy because i have to be conscious at the beginning of the year about what it is that I'm going to choose to focus on to guide where my giving goes, because there's so many opportunities to give. And I have so many friends that are in philanthropy. I can give 15 here, 15 here, 15 here, 15 here, and not really make any meaningful impact. But what does it look like if I, at the beginning of the year, say, you know, what's really important to me is providing pathways for increasing literature in underserved communities. So my giving focuses on this. And I state that, and it means that I maybe won't be giving to the school jogathon for my friend's kids, but I'm making a meaningful impact in my life. It's intentionality. Yeah, intentionality, for sure. And you feel like what you're doing is in alignment with what you need versus what other people need. So you can say yes all the time to donations, right? The $15 here or there. And you're not feeling good about it at the end of the day because you didn't contribute to what you wanted to. So you're not like filling your tank in that situation. And that's very important. It's like if you're trying to be really healthy and then you have friends that constantly want to go out and get mac and cheese or whatever, you're going to have to say, I can't do that because I'm trying to be really healthy for myself, right? So So that's where you have to really align your values with what you choose to do. It's standing up for yourself, but even standing up for yourself to yourself. Because it's easy to go like, well, I like mac and cheese. (laughs) So I think it's just being more intentional about the things that you do 
And it's also not to say that you never go out with your friends for mac and cheese or martinis either. Like you don't want to be that strict, but I think you have to like say to yourself at the end of the day, is this going to be in alignment with my values? And once in a while, it's in, a, in alignment, but doing it all the time is not. Mm-hmm. Cindy, I feel like you're asking us to throw you a mac and cheese and martinis birthday party. And I know. I was like, Please. yes, thank you. <laughs> once a year, I want mac and cheese and martinis. Yes. <laughs> when we schedule it. One other thought that I'm having of a takeaway is empathy. That's kind of where you started, Carrie, is compassion and grace and understanding for other people, having empathy, but then circling that around, that includes having empathy for yourself and kind of having that perspective of what would I tell me to do if I was asking myself for advice rather than saying, I didn't do this and I suck. If Carrie or Cindy came to me with this problem, what would I suggest to them rather than what is it that I'm telling myself that I'm not good enough at, or I should have done. Definitely. When you're a people pleaser, it's a lot easier to look at it from a lens of what you would tell somebody else because you're used to supporting other people rather than supporting yourself. So it's tools that you can put in place to shift the narrative for yourself until you get comfortable doing it. Yeah. What slogan do you have that sums up your 2021? If you don't start making yourself a priority first, you won't be able to realize your own dreams. Hmm. I love your slogan. I'm here for it. You've got to like type that out and put it on a wall somewhere so you can keep seeing it. I will. Good idea. Carrie, how about you? The only way through is through, but how you choose to get through is your choice. Nice. It's so perspective. Like, you know, I can tell you, oh, Carrie, do X, Y, and Z, or Rochelle can tell you that, but you have to be Carrie and you have to do it in your own way. So I think that that makes a ton of sense. I stole a quote that says, you can't learn to swim in a library. I think I love learning. It's just something that I've started to learn about myself that I think is really fun. Mm -hmm. And I want to challenge myself to use what it is that I'm learning. To not just carry the knowledge, but use it in some way. Yes. I love that. Well, and that's what you were put on this earth for, my friend, to learn things and share them. 